I do a little wine sip. You know what it is. Lighter flick. Ah. <laughs> hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to a Modern Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Donnell. Today, we are joined by none other than the one and only, my motherfucking self. <laughs> I had uh, some stuff lined up. I don't really know what happened, but that's okay. Life happens. We just got to keep it pushing, right? So it actually uh, worked out because I think today's um, a really special episode for me, not only just kind of branching out and taking the time to kind of do this by myself, um, but by the time that this airs tomorrow, it will be the one year that I packed up everything that I could fit into my 2001 Honda CRV. I don't have that car anymore. But the point is, is that one year ago today, I packed everything up, put it in my Honda. My best friends uh, flew in from Virginia to meet me in Oklahoma, and we drove from Oklahoma all the way back to motherfucking Virginia. Like, that is just so crazy to me. Something that like, okay, so I guess it's time to be like open, real, raw, vulnerable, all that shit. It's crazy to believe before like I packed up and took this leap to like go ahead and do everything. It was something, it just kind of felt like surreal or like a dream that was almost like too far out of reach because it was something that like, you know, I came out here to Virginia to live with my best friend since I was 11. And it's something that we had always talked about. Like we always wanted to live together. She wanted me to come out here, just experience things that was outside of where I was. And it just always seemed like, even though there would be a plan to do it, something would happen. And I just never really thought that I would end up where I am today. And it's so crazy to look back at this journey and see how far I've come because something that kind of made me stop and you know really think and realize a lot of things is actually when I did my interview with Brandy something that she had said really stuck out to me when she was talking about how she was doing a small like minuscule task but she knew that in doing that small minuscule task that someday something great was going to come out of it, right? That she was going to flourish, that she was going to find what moment it was for her that like really like showed through and showcased her and who she was and how far that she was really going to go in the industry that she was going in. It's really surreal for me because for the longest time, um, I'm, you know, I'm only 25 now and what, two and a half months, I'll be 26, but in, you know, my younger, earlier twenties, everything was just kind of crazy and surreal. I was doing, you know, I wasn't sober. I was addicted to Xanax. I was just kind of all over the place. Um, I wasn't really a bad person. I just had like a lot of hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like anybody really just gets hooked on things or continuously feels the need to suppress something because they're fine like obviously you're trying to find a way to medicate what it is that you're really feeling and that you're not ready to face and it's just like a really unfortunate and sad situation and unfortunately with where I was at and what I was doing at that time it was hard for me to 
kind of get away from that. I'm, I think I'm starting to be more, firm, more of a firm believer, at least for myself, that you can't heal in the place that made you sick. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was 10 times harder for me just to like stop and have to go back and try to get sober, so on and so forth, because I would always go back to somewhere or some place that triggered something to put me into the place that I was in. So finally, um, I guess you could say, lighter flick, sorry guys, I'm smoking, you know what it is. Uh, <laughs> but so anyway, I lived in Oklahoma City for the long time, for the longest time, so on and so forth. Well, October of 2019, I had to have a surgery that put me out for a couple of weeks. Um, I literally had to lay in bed to recover. At that time, I was living with my best friend, but we were living in a one-bedroom apartment with her son, and I was, like, having to sleep on the futon, which wasn't a problem, but at that time where I had to recover from my surgery, it I, I couldn't lay like that. It wasn't comfortable. My Mimi had actually just moved back to Tulsa, and she had a spare bedroom and she was like, Hey, you can just come and stay here while you recover. So as I came back down there, I started to recover and kind of really take a moment to think about what I wanted to do for myself and where it was that I wanted to go and how it was that I was going to make that come to fruition. Um, I started working, um, was doing really really good I was a front desk I had a front desk agent position at a hotel and I was doing really really well I was getting ready to pick up a second job I was going to start working in the cannabis industry and mind you my surgery was in October and then it was mid-November-ish like no early December I'm sorry early December when I had like really started to kind of recover and then at that point, it was just kind of, I realized that I couldn't go back to my other job. They wouldn't accept my surgery time off. So, you know, whatever is what it is, that's fine. So I was like, okay, what do I want to do? Because at this time, I really didn't want to be in Oklahoma City at that time, because after I had been away for a couple of weeks, I was like, wow, like I, now's the time for me to really just stop, take a look at myself and fix it. You know what I'm saying? Like you're getting older now, it's time to get your shit together kind of thing. So um, after I stayed with, you know, my grandma, her and my uh, papa agreed that I could go ahead and move in, just start to work and just kind of get on the path that I needed to be on. So as soon as I accepted my position, I started working. I was basically almost through training and then COVID hit. So left and right, we had a bunch of, because the hotel that I worked at, it was like a lodging center. So it really wasn't like a typical hotel. We dealt a lot more with like weddings, business events, you know, like um, church groups, like bigger groups of people versus mainly having, you know, we still have people that would come and spend a weekend, you know, with their significant other or something, but it was mainly for like larger corporation events. Um, so of course, when COVID hit, all of those corporations were having to cancel those events because it was like, you know, we got it, we have to quarantine. So all that happens, I lose my job and I am quarantining with my grandparents, which isn't a problem. They're lit. I miss them so much to this day. They were great. We had a really good time, you know, just spending together because 
for the longest time they had lived out of state and I was always closer to them growing up because you know they helped raise me I lived with them for quite a while so it was nice to have them back in the state and actually just be able to quarantine with them and you know just kind of like get that connection back that you know we used to have the closeness and really just bond again so it was really really great and in that bonding time I got my head on straight and figured out more things and then I was you know the more that I talked to them and my mom and my dad you know everything just kind of clicked like okay it's time for a change it's time I can't do what I need to do efficiently here it's time for me to go so when I was kind of starting to come to terms with that it was at the time that my best friend Emily her lease was ending in her apartment in the next couple of weeks and they had just got uh this her and her fiance had just got this townhome the one that I'm living in now different story but anyway she was like yeah we got a two-bedroom two and a half bath you know it's nice blah 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 whatever so you know jokingly I was like oh okay perfect it's a two-bedroom so I can just you know move in <laughs> and she was like it just basically was like wait a minute do you really want to and I'm like well if you're serious about it like I'm not joking but if you're not serious about it then I'm joking kind of thing you know what I'm saying <laughs> so um but yeah no she was like no I think I think that would be great like you know let me just talk to it was her boyfriend at the time it's her now fiance but she's like let me talk to him about it and I'll let you know so I swear it wasn't even like three minutes later this girl was like yeah girl you're good to go so like what's the move and it was weird because at that time it was like yeah yeah we're gonna do this blah 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 and it just kind of again took you back to the place where you had said it before so many times and, and it wasn't of her doing it was my doing that it never ended up happening because I never followed through with it so it was almost like subconsciously I was like yeah I'm gonna do it but then it, it didn't really feel real and so I think like a week or two went by mind you I'm deciding to move with her this had to be the middle of April of 2020 um and I had to be there in May it was like literally three to four weeks that I had to make the decision so after we made that decision it was still kind of feeling surreal and then we bought the plane ticket for her to fly down so she could drive back with me and then even so it was crazy because I literally my grandfather paid for her one with one way flight he was like if you go with her like I just want to make it happen like I'll pay for her flight. You need help with whatever expenses you need. He got my car fixed for me before I left. He's like, whatever I can do to help, let's just get you to where you need to be right now. So at this time, I'm just like, okay, even though the plane uh, tickets bought and it's only a one-way flight, I'm still like, yeah, it just still didn't hit. I still don't even think that it was hitting for me. You know, the weeks kind of went by. I was slowly starting to pack my things together. And then finally, the day before she comes out, it's like I'm loading down my car. And it, it's still, even though it was happening, I was loading my car. It was still an odd, it just didn't feel real. I don't know how to explain it. I was doing everything to put it into motion and you know, doing everything to make it happen. And it just still didn't process with me. Then finally, my, you know, Emily got in, she got off her flight, I came to pick her up. Um, my mom took her and I out to eat uh, with all of my siblings as a final, you know, kind of 
goodbye, we're sending you off, kind of whatever. Um, it didn't click with me that I was really going until after we had walked out of the, there was like, um, if you guys are from Oklahoma or the Tulsa areas, you know where Tulsa Hills is. Um, Tulsa Hills was only like, it was right, it's like right off the highway that we needed to go. So we met there for lunch and there was like a little chilies there or whatever, and that's where we went. Um, it didn't click with me until after I pulled out of the chilies because my mom was like, okay, there's a gas station literally right up the street meet me up there let's go fill up your car get a couple snacks or whatever like before you guys head on out it took all those weeks of waiting plane tickets getting my stuff together loading down my car my best friend showing up everything and it did not click with me until after we finished eating at Chili's and I was driving my car from the Chili's to the gas station <laughs> and then it was like from there I just like it was like a meltdown I could not stop crying I could not stop sobbing it's just like a really weird moment like what the fuck are you doing because I have anxiety so 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 bad my anxiety is awful so I'm always thinking like okay this is what I want to do but then my anxiety gets in the way because I get fearful of what if because I've been put in a lot of situations in my life that were you know what I'm saying not not the best situations to be put in and so you always have this constant fear in the back of your head. What if, what if, and then especially being so far away from your family, all my family lives there for the most part, the ones that aren't in Trinidad, the ones that aren't in Cali or, you know, Florida, everybody's in Oklahoma. So it was like, I was literally packing up my whole entire life and moving all the way to the East coast. And the only people that I knew was literally like Emily and her fiance. And I had met her other friends, but a lot of them were like 45 minutes away from us. So it was a big, big deal for me, especially because at that time was when I really kind of realized that it was time to get sober and to get right. And it was a really hard situation because I didn't want to have to move across the country to get right. I had always felt like I would eventually get it together and I could do it in my own time. And there was days where I didn't even feel like what I was doing was that big of a deal. I felt like it was normal. And so it was a really hard pill to swallow that things had to go that way. So, you know, Emily got there, we had our lunch, we're getting the gas. I say my goodbyes, you know, to my mom, to my siblings and we get on the road and you know it took us a day and a half to get here we had a, a full day of driving and then another half day um and it was really cool it was nice for us to just kind of have like our little bonding trip and just have that time for ourselves to get prepared for what it is that was coming and what things were going to be so I set out uh crazy me like in the middle of May during a pandemic and was like, now is the perfect time. So I came and I stayed here for a couple of weeks. Um, I had enough unemployment saved up at that time because I, you know, you couldn't go out and work due to the pandemic. So I had enough saved up at that time to come out here and get prepared and, you know, have help with bills, groceries, things like that. 
And so after a couple, I wanted to wait. I didn't want to work until after we moved into our townhome because when I came out here with Emily at that time, she was still living in her one bedroom apartment and her lease was getting ready to be up in like two weeks from the time that I had got here. Um, so finally, you know, her lease was up and we got to move in. And as soon as we moved in is when I started looking for employment and I really got the time to meet new and better influences, but I was really excited to kind of not only be around the people that, you know, were their friends or that they know and love, so on and so forth, but just to kind of like branch out on my own and kind of find like my own friends or kind of where I fit in, not that I don't fit in with anybody that they bring around. I love all of their friends. I consider all of their friends my friends. They're great people. But it's still just kind of nice to be able to do your own thing. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go get this job. I'm gonna meet people. And I did. I did. I'm not even gonna lie, I met some awesome people, but you know, it's like I kind of fucked that one up. <laughs> not not because of like my working, but it was just um I had been there. I was about I was there for about six months. Um, I stayed with that company and I'm very, very thankful for that company because it gave me my foot in the door um, to be able to go into the HVAC and be in the position that I am now, which will lead up to in just a moment. Um, but, you know, I was working as a receptionist there and unfortunately, like I just, I wasn't making enough money. And even though they were so gracious and they gave me raises, wait, you know, they didn't give raises in the first three months. They did six months reviews. Uh, you're a six month review when you first started and then another one at um, your one year. And then after that, you would only get one review each year. But because of the position that I was filling and what I was doing and what I was taking on, they um, offered me, you know, a little more money. But when they offered it to me, it was at my three months. That was awesome. I'm like, yay. And they're like, okay, in a couple more months, you know, we'll give you another dollar. So then my six month came around and, you know, they did, but unfortunately it was still not enough for me. And mind you, I have three other roommates. So it's not like I'm living by myself in Virginia. I'm living in a home with three other people doing that job, still not making enough to pay a fourth of the freaking rent. You know what I'm saying? On top of all the other bills that I had to pay, you know, phone bill, insurance, groceries, you know, basic things that you need. <laughs> so at that time I was like, okay, unfortunately there's not, you know, they have a pay scale for the position that I was at. And unfortunately at that pay scale and the position that it was, it couldn't go any higher. So once I kind of knew at that time, and, and there was more positionings, uh, positions opening up, but I couldn't wait for the positions to open up because it was too long of a wait period for me to be able to live substantially. So I started looking and that's when I found the management position that I am in now. And it was so crazy because I went and I was like, oh my gosh, this place is like in the middle of nowhere. What am I getting myself into? But I, it's just, it was a really good opportunity. And I just knew like, okay, I need to get my foot in the door somewhere. I need to have like a good paying job. I need to be in a better position. That's what I wanted for myself. When I had came out here, um, I was serving for a while before I had had, you know, the front desk job before COVID hit and everything. Um, but even with that, I was like, man, 
when I come out here, I want, I, I don't want it to be that I came out here for nothing. I don't want to come out here and do the thing, the same things that I was doing. I don't want to continuously put myself down that path. So I'm like, I am really going to set the bar for myself. And boy, did I. <laughs> so basically at that point I went in, I gave this interview and it's crazy because I wasn't really going to get that job. We could talk about that in a second, but I did the interview. I guess I freaking killed it. Um, because after I did that interview that morning, they called me that evening about five o'clock and they were like, Hey, we'd like to offer you this position. And so I was like, okay, like I'm going to do it. So it was so funny because obviously I took the position went on started went through training and everything and my boss had told me like a couple months into me being there he was like you know I wasn't gonna hire you right and it just kind of like took me by surprise I'm like well why weren't you gonna hire me was it something that I said <laughs> was it something that I did I have questions like did you like because I not only interviewed with my boss but I interviewed with his girlfriend as well she helps a lot with the hiring process she's amazing but so I'm like okay did she not like me did you not like me like was there a compromise what's going on he was like I couldn't not hire you because I was gonna get hit with the ageism suit and I'm like bro what are you talking about but it was really funny because he was just like yeah basically he wanted I guess he had a lot of younger women work for him before and unfortunately they just they didn't plan out it came with a lot of um un unnecessary drama and just kind of like flakiness and things like that so he wanted like an old lady who was like just mean and didn't give a shit <laughs> basically he's like this is what it is this is what I'm looking for and he actually found a lady that fit his description but then I guess as soon as he and his girlfriend sat down and talked to me, his girlfriend was like, no, we got to hire her. And yeah, so anyway, that's just kind of what led up to that. And so I wanted to talk to, about all of this today because I really needed to kind of just stop, take a second and really kind of realize where I came from and where I've been. Because... I thought that I was going to come out here and even though I had set all these goals that were so high for myself and wanted to bring all these things to fruition, there was always just kind of something in the back of my head saying, eh, you know, like that's a little, a little far-fetched. So it's amazing looking back and just kind of taking the time to really see where I came from and appreciate where I'm at now because for five, six years, maybe I was just always taking Xanax or drinking or doing something to suppress what I was feeling. And then when I came out here, I started to not only get back into therapy, but actually be ready for it and to face on a lot of the traumas that I had to deal with and what I was suppressing and why the drugs made me feel so good. And kind of being able to pinpoint everything and see what's going on and how I can better manage that in a sober mindset and what's best. So I really just wanted to do an episode today, not to toot my own horn, <laughs> honestly, but to just really acknowledge the fact that I really came out here and did the damn thing like I've had an amazing support system from my family back home to my support system here who's been with me every step of the way 
through, you know, my highest points and I've had low points being here as well too. Mental health is a bitch sometimes, man. You know what I'm saying? That's an important thing to talk about. But it's amazing to see that I really came out here. I kept my sobriety. I did what I set out to do. And I'm just really, really excited to see where it goes from here. What else is in store for me? what's going to happen. It led me to be able to do my passion of doing this and doing my podcast because for the longest time, I had always kind of talked about it because I really genuinely enjoyed talking to people, listening to different points of view, hearing different topics about what was going on in the world. And not even just that, but hearing people's backgrounds where they came from and trying to learn from that. So I never did it because I was so preoccupied with other things that when I came out here and I really got the time to focus on myself it really kind of put everything into perspective and I said fuck it (laughs) like I'm gonna do it I did it that's when you know me and JD linked back up we've been friends forever but I told him that I wanted to start and at that time he had already started the modern network um with Steven he's like why don't you just come do episodes with me and try it and so I was like fuck it this is the time that I need to. And so I didn't really know what direction that I was going with this. Um, I knew that I wanted to do a podcast. I knew that I wanted to talk to people, but there were so many, there's so many different topics that I enjoy hearing about from other people, learning about from other people. And it made it really, really hard to kind of figure out what it was because you don't want it to be like a freaking mess. Like what is going on? Like, but not to say that, it has to be about one thing. You could just interview people about anything and everything, which is essentially what I was going to do. But then the more women that I got the chance to interview and hear their journeys and where they're going and how they're successful in life and successful in different measures, but successful and also happy. And the reason that I say that is because like, I've got the opportunity to meet people who are stay at home moms who love that, who are completely fine with that. And that's great. But then it's like boss bitches who are out here owning their own business, doing the damn thing, learning from people who are in sex work, dancers, anything that just empowers you and makes you feel good and is able to showcase women because I don't feel like we really receive the credit that we deserve and it's 2021 and it's time that we take that credit and really uplift and empower each other and so I'm glad that the more that I started to do this I realized that the direction that I want to go is showcasing women I want everybody to see the beauty in you no matter what your profession is whether you're a rich bitch whether you're a broke bitch whether you're tall whether you're short whether you're fat whether you're skinny like I just want to know your journey and how you got to your journey of feeling as happy and empowered as you are and I just want to share that with people I think that's very very important but all of the things that I had led to in my past is just kind of what led me to where I am here today and I'm so excited to continue this journey with you guys 
um, for you guys to continue watching me grow, but to also be there for my vulnerable moments. It's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows, you know what I'm saying? We all go through it. But I'm excited for all of us to take this journey together to uplift and empower other women and really stand behind that. I just can't wait to do it with you guys. So I'm sorry today's a little short episode, but that's okay. I have some really exciting things for you coming next week that you guys will not want to miss on. Um, we're going to talk to a childhood friend of mine and get to hear her journey and her growth process. And I'm so, so, so excited for you guys to hear it. Um, don't forget a modern woman drops every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern. We have a modern man podcast with JD Farrell. That's going to be every Wednesday. And don't forget Fargo Watch Party every Friday. But until then, you guys, thank you so much for listening to my journey and how I ended up in Virginia and how I'm doing the damn thing out here. This has been A Modern Woman. I'm your host, Brianna Danelle, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Bye.